Yeah. We probably don't know enough about Freud. I know actually. plenty of stuff about Freud. Did you have a dream last night? It's about your mom. That's <laughs> that's Freud. <laughs> yeah, Freud is when you say one thing and mean your mother. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good joke. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Freud, Freud's like the original your mom joke. Yeah, Everything yeah. your mom. That's all right, welcome back to the Beyond Sunny Podcast. We're exploring how to take our faith. Were we recording that whole time? Beyond Sunny morning. We were. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. You sit down. I hit record. Okay. Oh, who knew? That's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the first part. That was pretty right. funny. That was much funnier than <laughs> what we, we actually missed. ended up with. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Uh, this is Patrick Nazaroff with me as always, Pastor Bowser. How are we doing, Patrick? And Elise McCarter. Still here, still pretty successful. How was uh, how was Holy Week? I know we we released a podcast. Post it was Holy Week, the then. holiest of weeks. It was yeah. packed on Sunday. It was busy on yeah. Sunday. Yeah, it was, it was like great. Standing room only. Not quite, but yeah, it was great. Did you it was did a, a magic trick. I did do a magic <laughs> trick. That was was a good kind magic of magic. Trick? I don't know. I thought it was, was cl- it, good? it was yeah. clever. Well, I think now we have to burn you because magic is sacrilege. Oh, right. sure. <laughs> so. sure. I've revealed myself right. as a witch. So. Yeah. <laughs> it was great, yeah. but really unfortunate. Yeah. Well, yeah. Were you trying to say Jesus' resurrection was just a big magic trick? No, I was. Yeah, I was talking about how Jesus set us free, and okay. I was set free from this little rope that they tied around my wrists. Okay. In yeah. this case, through the power of magic, but in this story, Jesus sets us free through His resurrection. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. We can yeah. be we can be set free from things that we think have us tied down. Cool. That through, was for the kids' sermon, not through the, the power of sermon. Jesus and magic. Well, I mean, being set free was also the adult sermon. I know. So. It's like it, <laughs> Sounds it was just you know context. It played really well for the yeah, kids. Cool. It did. Yeah. At the first service, because I did like a little turn to mm-hmm. like uh, get myself out of the knot that mm-hmm. I was in, and at the first service, it didn't work the first time, so I had to do a double turn. <laughs> and they really got they really <laughs> got a kick out of that. Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah they, they enjoyed that a lot. Anywho, fun stuff. Well, yeah, yeah. it was great. It was great. Holy week, very holy. The holiest of weeks. Great. great and now we're into the Easter season. So Easter season. Oh my gosh. This yeah. is like this is Christmas. Not, it's not rocket science. <laughs> no. <laughs> Easter's over. But uh, the Sunday of Easter is over. Yeah. The season of Easter continues. We yeah. continue the season celebrating the resurrection. That's not how things should work. We shouldn't have like a season of thing. We have summer. We do, but we leading up summer. to it. Leading yeah, but, but, up to but the summer thing. doesn't start leading when up summer to is Easter. Over. Is <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Summer doesn't start when the last day of summer. <laughs> it's not August. 31st. But like you celebrate summer on whatever June twenty first, whatever the first day of summer. You celebrate summer that day, and then all summer long. Summer uh, starts, and then you continue starts to celebrate. In, like May, though. No, the summer not officially. The day that in summer Houston, starts is June. It started in. Uh, 2013 if we're defining summer by you know climate as opposed to calendar then sure whatever that's fine no. i hate this conversation every time <laughs> every all right let's get time. let's jump into our news story i'm done with it anyway i'm done with that conversation too <laughs> he's done with me oh, all right i get wow. it yeah all right um dad jokes yes help kids develop into healthy adults i've heard this you've heard this yeah Okay. Because they learn how to deal with like things that are disappointing. Isn't that the root of it? Like, <laughs> so well, let me say, you're welcome, James and Timothy. Right, yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, way, to, way to be a womp womp on this uh, fun little headline here. But isn't that right. like the, the root of it? Is that you're, yeah. Just because help- you've, you've heard it before. Like if you've heard a joke before, you don't like you shout it out in the middle of the joke. I'll shout it out anytime I want to. Mm-hmm. It's my I don't know, joked it, just a shout, and that didn't go anywhere. Recent study says that despite the embarrassment that dad jokes and cause, I'm talking to Elise, uh, it might do some good in the future. We're doing this for you. Oh, okay. This is for no, I'm talking to Elise because you yeah. are just, uh, uh, yeah. you know, pooping on it all. I'm not pooping on it all. I'm just saying it's disappointing <laughs> that the only good our dad jokes do is by training them for disappointment. Like, that's... Uh-huh. <laughs> well, 
I mean, at least you have some impact. There's that. Okay, so first, what's a dad joke? You know, well, let's, let's define this joke? for our. We have our to define it. Yeah, I think. I think you just know it when it happens to you. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> you can't define it, but you know it when you see right, it. Yeah. yeah. When it happens to you, that's an right. interesting way of yeah. uh, putting right. it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, a, a classic example of a dad joke okay. w- would be, Dad, I'm hungry. And Dad says, hi, hungry. I'm, I'm Dad. Yeah, right. sure. That's yeah. would be yeah. a classic example yeah. of a dad joke. Some really stupid, often pun, plan word type yeah. joke. A bad, bad pun, plan word. Yeah, yeah. That usually is not actually funny, sure. but that as a dad, when you have a child, you, you biologically have a switch yeah. that goes off and mm-hmm. you suddenly start thinking it's all funny. I've got something for you. <laughs> Great. You. I'm afraid for the calendar. Its days are numbered. Oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What why else? did why did the Scottish fish wear a bow tie? Something about kilts. I don't know why. It's sophisticated. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> was that your Sean Connery impersonation? Yes. <laughs> that was actually good. <laughs> Yeah, um, don't don't encourage yeah, this. Sophisticated. And, and uh, <laughs> that was a better Sean Connery. That was good. What did the ocean uh, say to the beach? It just waved. Just waved. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Classic. Uh-huh. Listeners, send in your dad jokes at Beyond Sunday Podcast at gmail dot com. Yeah. I will absolutely read them on air. Yeah. Because it's for the good of um, our children. That's so the, the study is when fathers embarrass their children with unfunny jokes, it teaches them how to overcome awkwardness. So here's the thing: uh-huh. they're implying that dad jokes are unfunny. Yeah. Um, yeah, my th- ones I've Those given were, crushed it. Yeah. <laughs> this article is top huge. of the bar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by continuing to tell, continually telling their children jokes that are so bad that they're embarrassing, fathers may push their children's limits for how much embarrassment they can handle. Mm. The article said uh, they show their children that embarrassment isn't fatal. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not embarrassed. That's I the believe thing. that. Yeah. <laughs> that's the that's the key. I am not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? Uh, See if we like if we just repeat the joke more, does that make it like more embarrassing? So is that like helping them even more? Like if you say it once and, and they don't laugh, right? Then they, you do it immediately again. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But like, no, yeah. no, it waves. Like you just keep saying <laughs> right. it until <laughs> that might be fatal after a while. <laughs> did, did you hear me, son? It right. waves. Yeah. <laughs> the, the the ocean. It waves. Like it has a wave. Yeah. A wave. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a play on words, son. Right. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, so, um, you know, if you're telling embarrassing jokes, like you're partaking in a long and proud tradition, and your embarrassingly awful jokes may even do them some good. So there you go. Excellent. What and by the way, study was this? I'm not doing these for the child's good. Uh-huh. It's for, for, for my good. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. This is for part of staying effect. sane as a father. Oh, you know, you know, you is, know? Is, is saying the worst possible jokes constantly is, you sure. know, because being a parent is, is hard. And, uh, kids, and this is your outlet? This is the outlet, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's this or drinking. Right. <laughs> so, so I went with right. that. Yeah, I went yeah. with that oh, jokes. Dad jokes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's probably a healthier choice. Yeah, sure. In the long run, you're probably doing more for your children with dad jokes than you, you are with your dad jokes. Might be better if you also take up drinking, but <laughs> hard <laughs> <So> to say. <laughs> Annual bad yeah. advice from me. We don't have a scientific Here's a dinner table. There's a two drink minimum. So <laughs> to make these right. jokes work. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> got to down that glass of milk there, kiddo. And we got to. Daddy's got to be funny tonight. Yeah, so yeah, embarrassing jokes are actually good for you. So to our listeners too, you're welcome. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yep. This is for you. This, yeah, we're not doing this for us. We're no. a health and wellness podcast. <laughs> turns out <laughs> we got to get recategorized. Yeah, <laughs> but for your sake. Yeah, yeah. When you're driving around, being like, oh, oh, yeah, that was painful. That was. Yeah, you're welcome. Yep. Yes. 
Uh, dad jokes do make uh, I and Disney River Cruise is one of my favorite rides oh, because true. of the awful jokes. Yeah, he, they're uh, awful. Yeah. Yeah. In the uh, in the movie that they made about that, they like played on that too. Yeah, The Rock did yeah. do some terrible jokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, if I was a Disney employee, that's that would be the ideal. That's the that's the choice. I don't see how they could put you anywhere else. For Matt, right? <laughs> right yeah. yeah. But you walk into you an interview at that. Disney and they're just like, see you, and they're like, yeah, we know where you're gonna work. It's right. fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, go go get the uniform. That's yeah. <laughs> they also the restaurant that's connected to it. They the waiters all do constant okay. sure. jokes too. So oh, there's also that restaurant. Uh, I can't forget what park but that's like the mom diner that does like yes, the that's the Hollywood bad Studios. Jokes. Yeah. 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 This is like mom jokes. Are mom jokes a thing? It's like family. Well, jo- they they oh. sort of like make fun of you. That one. Yeah. Oh, it, they're like kind of mean to you on purpose. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> they pretend like you're so all it's cousins. Thanksgiving. Excellent. Yeah. That's and a- if you have to go to the yeah. bathroom, they like follow you and like announce that you're going to the bathroom. Kind of yeah. Thing. Yeah. So, like, My dad did not play for him at all. Yeah. <laughs> not a fan. Like, about to write a terrible <laughs> dad, advisor review. His dad needed more dad jokes. <laughs> yeah. Save for that. It was, he was mad. <laughs> But I appreciate the, the thought that I should do the River Cruise if I ever work at Disney. It's it's not the first time The Rock and I have been compared favorably <laughs> right. to one another. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So one of the many ways in which Patrick and The Rock are often confused. I know. Mm-hmm. Me and Dwayne. Yeah. Together. <laughs> See if he's The Rock, are you like the pebble? Is that <laughs> Ooh. That's pretty good joke. Yeah. <laughs> Thank <Yeah>. you. <laughs> <It's>, yeah. <laughs> I mean, his name is Dwayne, too. I, w- I would have changed he, it to The Rock also. He had to, right. he had to become the, the giantest of men to <laughs> overcome Dwayne. Dwayne. <laughs> yes. Or even just to carry it, you know? Being, like. a, <laughs> being a professional wrestler, Dwayne. <laughs> Coming at us. Dwayne the bathtub, I'm drowning. <laughs> uh, That's what he says when yeah. The Rock is taking yeah, the bath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dwayne the bathtub. You should tickle yourself. Patrick's going to need a minute. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Our main topic about ego. Yeah. Speaking of Freud. Were we? We were. At the beginning, Is that the part we recorded? I don't remember. The pre-show. We think. We don't know. I don't know. I never know what Patrick's going to leave. I haven't edited yet, so maybe (laughs) we were talking about Freud. Yeah. All right. Ego. But not it or super ego. Yes. Just to be clear. Yes. Uh, From from our friends, our besties at Relevant. Aw. Missed them. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's been a while. So yeah. maybe maybe it was last week. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, who did we do last week? Patheos? Uh, Patheos. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, nine ways your ego prevents you from experiencing God. I got one. You have one. <laughs> yeah. Right, right out the gate. <laughs> you, you have an ego or you have a way? Oh, both. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you think of yourself as the best, then what do you need God for? Yeah, maybe this will be helpful to start off with a definition of ego yes so we're all on the same page so what is our ego definition it is who you think you are okay it is your picture of yourself hmm. i think that's a healthy definition of it i think they're defining it as an inflated picture of yourself it often like an inflated be- picture well yes but in its basic definition it is your picture of yourself you can have an inflated ego right but i think that they're using ego to describe to an inflated, like ego. inflated ego yeah. yeah maybe sure maybe i don't know we'll see We'll see. Because we will see. We didn't read have, it. I read it. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> I did read it. I sat in the parking oh. lot and read it. <laughs> Cheater. Yeah. So um, we're going to start here. Uh, the author here, Frank Powell, um, tells us some story, you know, that the last couple of years have been really difficult for him personally mm. and also maybe difficult for our world. Sorry, Frank. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and kind of a lot of questions have been raised over the last couple of years. And this is um, probably questions people have been maybe asking for a long, long time and Maybe in America, maybe different parts of the world. And that is essentially, 
why do Christians really not look like Jesus? Mm. You know, that's what it kind of boils down to. That's a fair question. Yep. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why do we not look like the person that we're supposed to be following? Yeah. 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 You know, uh, I think this is not a true quote, but it's one that's often attributed to Gandhi. And that is, uh, we like your Christ. He's talking to Christians, but we don't like Christians because you look so unlike your Christ, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and I don't think that's a real quote, but, uh, and, and I think I saw, I mean, he would have said it in a different language. So. In Indian? Yeah. I don't think it's called. I think it's Hindi. I yeah, think it's the, you have to uh, say it in Hindi to yes. be legit. Yeah. Okay, well, I don't do, a yeah. bad <laughs> don't do that. Accent. Please do not do <laughs> yeah. that. <laughs> that is crossing from dad joke into racist dad right, joke, and right. those are not yeah. the same. Right. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, and the thing you know with the you know the he gets us campaign mm. you know, that been mm-hmm. out there. You know, I want to say like the problem isn't Jesus. You know, the problem yeah. with the world of like Jesus does not need some PR. Sure. It might be mm-hmm. Christians yep. who are not uh, doing that. So so first off, is this true? It does Christ- Do Christians just look so unlike Jesus? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is this a new thing? No. Okay. Why does it feel like a new thing? Uh, that's fair. Um, I think it feels like a new thing because, one, I think we're in a world in which we are deconstructing and reevaluating everything around us right now. And so people are taking a second look at things that we have kind of taken for granted for a really mm-hmm. long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this has always been uh, a call of the church and there have always been sections of the church that have kind of leaned more heavily into this than others. Uh, but I think that that divide has become a little greater uh, in the last 10 to 20 years. I think we've seen that more starkly. And a piece of that I think is the political politicization politicization what's that word that one of religion um and uh heavier heavier and heavier alignment with a particular political party man i cannot say yeah that's a lot of p's in a row too many p's particular political party um jesus (laughs) (laughs) jesus h christ (laughs) uh anyway so i i think when we align ourselves with particular political parties uh it becomes even starker in that difference yeah. yep. which is not to say that if you align with one or the other that you look more like jesus it's that aligning with either will ultimately make you look less like jesus mm-hmm. i think that, that that's totally fair uh, and in, in some ways the veil came off right yeah. like like we uh the pretend sure. was is now no longer there like it seems obvious that many pockets of christianity um care more for political power and influence mm-hmm. than genuine uh following and and uh and honoring of the words of jesus yeah and and they're to the point where they have connected those two so deeply that the only way in their in in you know in your mind to follow jesus is to be a part of this political power mm-hmm. uh, or is to embrace uh, you know political power and influence mm-hmm. um definitely bad news that you know <clears throat> it feels like a new thing too but that is also not the first time that that has happened, mm-hmm. right? Like no. the, the Crusades is a really famous example of kind of the same thing, maybe with a little bit of a bloodier play out. Yeah, but I think uh, everything everybody was on board with the Crusades at the time, right? Sure. Because you were either like the ruling class that was benefiting from mm-hmm. it, or you were a peasant that didn't know it was happening. Yeah, like yeah. At, at the actual time period of the Crusades, like yeah. we've looked back at it now and have said like, oh, whoa. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> whoops. Yeah. Like, but I think we're kind of yes. getting like a you know a live response to it now yeah. in a way that might not have happened at the same time so because like we have better access to information internet it. and yeah, the dissemination sure. of information is maybe yeah. the new piece sure. right yep. absolutely for sure 
and and I also want to be honest here. Every day in America, you know, we're American Christians, so I'll speak in America. Um, there are pockets of Christianity that are doing unbelievably amazing and beautiful work. Yeah, mm-hmm. like like as you're reading, as you're hearing this, no matter when that is, there are Christians out there uh, being the hands and feet of Jesus, caring yep. for the homeless, yep. for those on the fringes of, of society. Yep. Um, and some of those Christians might be. People who believe politically very different than you, right. yeah. who are doing those things. Yeah. Um, but that's not what we hear, focus in on, or kind of see on a grand scale. Um, but but every day, you know, Christians are, are out there doing those things. Yes. Living yeah. like Jesus wants us to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the problem is we don't we don't let that be our message. We want you know, sort of political power and uh, influence to be our message. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, from Frank here, um, how does this happen? Why don't more Christians, myself included, look more like Jesus? Ego. Okay. Mm, okay. okay. Um, and he is going to say, like, you might call it the flesh. And this is... That would be what Paul calls it. Right. <laughs> I don't know if I would call ego the but flesh. But this, this is a connection. If we're looking <laughs> that at... That weird. A biblical, you know... At analog, you have an inflated sense of flesh. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Paul, <My> super flesh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Super flesh. Yeah. Super flesh. <laughs> We're all thinking it. Right. There it is. There we go. <laughs> super flesh. <laughs> all right. Um, but Paul does use this term of yes. the flesh. Yeah. In contrast to the spiritual, like yes. kind of like, mm-hmm. and even in many places, like my my spirit desires to look like Jesus. Yep. My flesh is getting in the way. Yeah, in a sense, it's not able to 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 do that. Hmm. So this idea of ego, this who you think you are, um, gets in the way of following Jesus. And so, see, this is where I think that he's using ego to really mean inflated ego because if we take ego at its core of who do I, who I am and who what's my perspective of myself, if my perspective of myself is rooted in my belovedness as a child of God and an image bearer of God, I don't think that gets in our way. If that's my ego, I don't think that that gets in our way. Mm -hmm. What gets in our way is an inflated ego or inflated sense of self or as he's defined, right? This ego that says other things matter more than my child of Godness. Yeah, or maybe a lack of awareness of what your the things that trip you up are, right? Like mm, if sure. you don't yeah. if you don't have an accurate picture of yourself, then I mean that would get in your way, right? Yeah. Because you can't you cannot work with what your real real struggles are. Yeah, yeah. So all right, well, let's get into one these nine ways. No, no, let's just critique him without actually hearing what he says. That's more. <laughs> <All right. laughs> like, let's not give Frank a chance to talk. Sure. What's Frank got? What do we got? Nine ways. Nine. Nine. Count them down. Number nine. Number one. Number, Number one. one. <laughs> it's not a, like a top ten list. Right. <laughs> it's not like rated. All right. Fine. There Count them up. Number one. That's lame. <laughs> uh, number one. The ego equates all self-knowledge with self-absorption. I'm going to be, I read all nine. This is the, this is the one that I was like, I had to read multiple times. Be like, what has he said to me? Yeah. The ego equates all self-knowledge with self-absorption, yeah. So anything I know about myself is being absorbed about my, like, or uh, is what do I mean. I th- I kind of lost him on this one too. I think some of his later points are better. I think what he's trying to say Man, is don't that bury the lead here, Frank. Come on, <laughs> if you're yeah. gonna put this at number I one, I agree. Is it because he's he specifically talks about this in context of the church, right? How the church 
thinks if you do any like self-discovery, if there's space for self-discovery, uh, you are self-absorbed. Got it. Is mm-hmm. what he's saying, but okay. it's yeah, not yeah. very clear. So anytime that I'm spending like self-reflection or like thinking about my own life or my, mm-hmm. that I'm just mm-hmm. self-absorbed. Or pondering what you might like to do or what are right. the things that make you happy or whatever. That's right. like we're, t- we're told that's self-absorption and so yeah. rather than that being a faithful practice of discovering how god might be calling us to live mm-hmm. in the world yeah it's your ego and it's getting in the way right yeah. okay yeah so i think this would be um you know sometimes the church can have a a move to say we don't want to you know embrace empathy or understanding or asking ourselves tough questions because that might lead us to um, a greater concern for others, <laughs> which seems weird, but sometimes that's you know some of the the, yeah. the fear, mm-hmm. or it might lead us to well this kind of a deconstructed faith, mm-hmm. and then maybe faith is left out of the equation. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this is this is, again out of the nine, this is the one that I'm like, wait, what now? So like, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Moving yeah. on. All right, Frank. Yeah. I think self reflection is important. I don't think it means that you're self-absorbed to do I, self-reflection. Yeah, I actually... I, he agrees, by the way. Right, so, he okay. does. He he agrees. I would sort of take what he was trying to say in a different direction, though. Mm. I think that whole... Um, that villainizing of like self-absorption that the church does, I've seen it play out in negative ways in a different way where people are so... Um, they have no room for joy in their lives because they're so obsessed mm. with not being self-absorbed, Right. And so they will not invest in themselves. They will not do the fun things, you know, because they feel guilty and like they're too um, self-absorbed. Self-absorption is bad. Self-absorption is bad. We should not be self-absorbed. We should not be self-absorbed. We should. But you should also invest in yourself. Yeah. So. Well. I don't think that there's any place that in scripture it tells us not to invest in ourselves, right? I th- yeah, I, you don't think that. I also don't think that. I bet Patrick doesn't think that, but lots of people think that. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. people should just ask us what we think. Well, they should. Sure, yeah. And I mean, like, there's certainly, you, the, the church can use any verse for good or bad. Right. In a yeah. Sense, you yeah. Know, like, and, um, you know, the idea of, like, to be Christian is to die to oneself mm-hmm. is a giant theme in scripture. Right. That's sure. part of what it means. That can mean dying to myself means I'm dying to every wish hope pleasure uh anything that would make me happy Mm -hmm. i need to die therefore evil yeah Yeah. Yeah. so all right uh number two the ego is highly competitive and thinks in terms of win lose see again i think this is inflated ego but yes i hear what he's i hear what he's saying yeah i I (laughs) think my perception of myself is i'm not highly competitive (laughs) what you seem like a competitive person, so I'm just... No. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I get nervous during, like, card games and stuff. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, that I've worked on it. You want to go play poker? <laughs> yeah, because I don't know how to play poker. Excellent. You want to play <laughs> for money? great at it, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that nervousness could be thinking in terms of win-lose because you're nervous. I'm sure. losing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're so competitive that you're nervous about it. No, it's more of like a social stress of like... No, no. Patrick and I have told you what your ego is. We know you. We have defined your ego, Elise. Wow. All right. Just kidding. That's not how that works. All right. What do we think about this one here? How competitive things in terms of win-lose? All right. So if I'm a a Christian and I am letting my ego control how I work, then I walk in and I'm trying to prove that I'm better than all the other Christians or better than what... If if everything is a competition and I'm trying to win, yeah, that's not what this is about you know if if i'm a pastor leading a church and i have to have the best church so i can win like yeah absolutely yeah that's not faithful that's it's, not going to look like jesus because yeah. that's not what jesus was about 
Jesus, Jesus was never interested in winning. Mm. Even when there were opportunities People for People wanted to him to be interested yes, in winning. But yeah. he was not interested in winning. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think that this is definitely there. You know, this... Um, uh, if everything is a zero-sum game where mm-hmm. there are winners or losers in every mm-hmm. social interaction or, or structure, and people can bring this into discussions in church about budget, about mm-hmm. uh, time, about yep. how we use our resources, um, and there's, we're either going to win or lose on everything, then, yeah, I think you're going to be further and further away from Jesus. Yeah. And, you know, again, in this ultra-politicized world, if that is win lose and our religion is connected to it, it's going to seep in. Like it's just going to. Yeah. Regardless if you find yourself to be a competitive person or not, if that is the primary self, that's what's going to dictate all other parts of you. Yeah. Um. So that may in church. Yeah. Who's the opponent? Other denominations. Mm-hmm. The church down the street. Oh yeah. You know. Oh, um, sorry. <laughs> you know the one I'm talking about. Right. Right? Yeah. Did I agree too a little too readily to that right. one? Sorry. And that might be. I think my theology is superior. I mean, but but, <laughs> but if it's true, is that competitive? Like, yeah. yeah. If Lebr- if LeBron James says I'm one of the best basketball players that ever, is sure. that competitive or is that just well? I mean, like that, that accurate does, information. Is that, that does <laughs> definitely imply, you know, for. 1500 years the church did not have it correct until we got it right in the west where we're white you know like that definitely does have that implication i mean you made it sound nasty but (laughs) 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 no i get it yeah 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 Yeah. uh so yeah that definitely is is part of that i think also um, this idea of win-lose could be tricking us I, i thought of this maybe i i i might um misplace this in one of the other categories mm. but like when it, when it comes to like part of like being a christian and part of the, the sometimes christian um discussion is like we need to in a sense like conquer our sins like de- sure you know, yeah. you know mm-hmm. defeat them and that could be in a win-loss where we end up losing no matter what like if like i need to conquer the sin of gossip in my life yeah and i succeed all i really did was actually maybe like choose the sin of pride or yeah. self-righteousness yeah. and and now i'm in judgment of those that haven't conquered mm-hmm. the right. sin of gossip or porn addiction or blank whatever that yeah. is yeah i won and i put two sins against one another and whichever one won that's i tricked myself into thinking that i am actually better yeah but uh, yeah. but in reality i may be worse off than before because yeah. now I did not know that pride was winning. You yeah. know, I didn't know that it was like ruling me. I knew gossip was, and now I did not know yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime we're trying to win or achieve that on our own, I mean, this is yeah. all works righteousness stuff, right? Yes, this is all absolutely. making about like, yeah. I can achieve an end. I can achieve a goal yeah. rather than trusting and relying on Jesus in faith to accomplish those things for us. And that's always going to be our ego getting for in sure. the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So number three. Uh, the Uh-oh, ego. We better pick up the pace. Yeah, we're, we're gonna Nine. The uh. ego must be correct and does not accept contradictions. Oh, yeah. Well, that's not gonna look like Jesus, but uh, I, yeah. You again, that though, yeah. Again, I think inflated ego, but I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's yeah. if, if I'm, I mean, this goes back to the other one, right? If I'm ultra competitive and I'm going to win, then of course my ego, or my ego is gonna tell me that I'm right. Yeah. And yeah, that's, think, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna stop there. I think for me, you know, this was definitely a, a growth area to learn of like. 
I'm not going to have an answer to every spiritual question that someone has. Mm -hmm. And I'm certainly not going to have an answer that will satisfy every other person's spiritual question. Even if I think it's a Mm -hmm. satisfy, even if it satisfies my question, it may not satisfy there. And in working with young people, I tell, you know, our mentors, like, it's okay to say, I don't know. Like, that's a powerful three words that mean something. Mm -hmm. If they ask hard questions of why did blank happen, we don't know. Yeah. And yeah. it's okay to say, I don't know. This is, uh, and it's because I don't know, but I still trust God is powerful faith. And sometimes more powerful than here's exactly why yeah. that this happened. Uh, or this is exactly why, uh, you know, hurricanes hit some cities and not others. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, but I still trust God is, is still, is more powerful in that I'm accepting. I can't be correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I accept that there will be contradictions in faith sometimes. Um, and I think that matters. So there we go. We're good, good with that one. We're, Great. We're good with it. Number four. The ego hates change above all else. Hmm. And that makes, it, makes us not look like Jesus? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So how? <laughs> I mean, let's give, you know. I mean, would you say Jesus is a constant call to transformation? I would. Yeah. So there. there. Done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least nailed it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you would At even say like, the the... The first sermon is repent, you know, like that's, and that's the theme and that is repenting is changing, right? Yeah. Like, so the idea is like we're constantly mm-hmm. changing, you know? Yeah. So, um, now this is an interesting question. Do you change in the next life? I, in honor of your response, <laughs> I don't know. And I don't care. That's future life's problem. Future David will figure that out. Great. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, in, in that change, there's sometimes going to be patience, right? Like it's got to be not everybody changes quickly and all at once and for the better immediately. Right. Like yeah. patience. Well, and I, th- I think that for me, like this change idea, like sometimes we resist change entirely and other times we make change about competition uh-huh. uh, and yeah. both are equally bad. Right. Like if I'm like, I'm going to change faster and better than you, I'm going to, yeah, mm-hmm. that's also not great. <laughs> so, or I think ego ultimately is asking ourselves like, yes, of course, obviously the church needs to change. There's huge issues and it's all of those people who sure. are not right. changing. Not me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not me. Yeah. I'm ahead of the curve. Right. Yeah. And obviously there's things I need to change, but mine are like little C. Those are big C change. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so I think that that is, is ultimately, you know, this the unwillingness to look inwardly and in what areas do I need to change that I can control. Instead sure. of what are the areas I can't control, but I expect other people to change. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. All right, number five. The ego minimizes sins of the heart and focuses on sins of the flesh. This may have been better for my uh, little analogy before. Great. Uh, Insert analogy here. Great. <laughs> Go ahead and make that edit, Patrick. It'll be great. I won't. Um, <laughs> Thanks, I won't. <laughs> what do we think? Say it again for me. The ego minimizes sins of the heart and focuses on sins of the flesh. I'm not really sure how he's differentiating sins of the heart from sins of the flesh, particularly if we're yeah. using flesh as Paul's understanding of like the flesh is everything that we do wrong, he's regardless sorry. of if it's your heart or it's your sex. Yeah, basically, that's all he. Yeah. He just <laughs> well, why did you just say that? This, this man is a Baptist. Oh, yeah, so we can't say sex context. Well, okay. I think I think, you know, this this is like definitely a a probably church e quote for where he is drawing from his uh-huh. cultural co- so the sins of the flesh are sexual sins yeah yeah what are sins of the heart then those would be pride self-righteousness <laughs> envy prejudice but okay. but the, those are you can't this is dumb i don't like this 
<laughs> well, those are immeasurable, right? No, no. Like, right. I don't have to change. <laughs> 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 those, those are sins that are easier to hide, cover up, or sure. have no knowledge that they even exist. I think that's the that's the scariest parts of those types of sins, sure. right? So it's his, like, I don't even know that they're present. You know, oftentimes, mm. I'm prejudiced, and I don't know I'm prejudiced, versus if you have sins of the flesh, sure. you might like, oh, I know that I... In an adulterer or whatever. Yeah, yeah. adultery, lust, porn. Yeah. I know that that's happening. Pride wiggles its way on in and tricks us into thinking it's a good thing, right? Like it's. So it, he's basically saying that ego makes us minimize all that stuff that we can't see, yeah. and we focus on all the stuff that we can see. And so as long as I'm not doing the stuff that I can see, then I'm still good, and I don't have to worry about. Correct. That's what he's saying. The ego does. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. I mean, I don't like his headline, but fine. I get. I get where we're going with that. Number six. <laughs> <laughs> Good conversation. That's yeah. yeah. <laughs> what am I and then. <laughs> I'm moving on. Right. Do you have anything, Elise? I, I don't want to cut you off. No. Oh, I see. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Thank I'm used you. to that. Yeah. Not really. No, I mean, I think it, it's sort of, it's a silly differentiation to me. Like, yeah. Like, whether you, Jesus has a whole thing to say about this, but whether you do or do not is kind of irrelevant, right? Because it is already present yeah. in who you are. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, the ego needs to feel special and is reluctant to give others praise or credit. <laughs> I really, I've decided I don't like how he's using the word ego. That's that's what it's coming down to for me. Okay. I mean, I, I hear what he's saying, but again, all of this is like when ego is out of alignment, right? Um, because when our ego is thinking only about ourselves and only about how we can be benefited, then that's what this is all about. But if ego is just our picture of ourselves, it doesn't have to be corrupted that mm-hmm. way. The mm-hmm. ego can be morally neutral. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe in humanity, the ego could never—you could never be morally neutral, though, right? But can't I have a? Can I have a picture? If ego is a, our understanding of ourself, can't I root my understanding of myself in my belovedness as a child of God and an image bearer of God? Well, I mean, maybe. But I think the question is like, are we doing these things? And if you are, then your ego is out of alignment. So. Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna. I, I, I think that fundamentally, I'm just. Maybe not understanding how, like, I don't disagree with anything that he's saying. I just am not, I don't think he's using the best language to say it. That's my, that's my concern. Okay. Yeah. Well, great. Well, what do you want to think about this topic or this, this sentence? <laughs> you're you're going to have to reread it. You are going to have to reread it now. <laughs> the I was ego needs about to feel special and is reluctant to give others praise or credit. Yeah. When we do that, yeah, we're out of alignment with God. Mm-hmm. And when we as a church focus on that, mm-hmm. yes, we're out of alignment with God. When we, when we're focused on, uh, denying others the credit that they deserve and feeling mm-hmm. special ourselves, we are out of alignment. Absolutely. I mean, that, this is what uh, P- or J- uh, Jesus says to James and John when they want to sit on his right hand and his left. They want to feel special. And he's like, no, that's not for me to do. Like, that's not what this is about. And mm-hmm. kind of puts them in their place. Uh, Peter, when he tells Jesus uh, that he's never going to let Jesus go to the cross and Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, right? Like, yeah. it's all of us feeling like we need to feel special. We need to be the one to step in. And Jesus saying, no. And so... When we do those things, yes, we're absolutely out of alignment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agree. Sure. Well, I think, and you know, how do we? How do you get over that? What do you do? Pray. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that was appropriate. I said it yeah. sarcastically. Yeah. No, I, I, th- I think that's that's why it's so important to root ourselves and ground ourselves in a true sense of ego or a true sense of self that says we're a beloved child of God. And mm-hmm. when when I see myself as a beloved child of God and as an image bearer of God, then I begin to see others as children of God and image bearers of God who are also worthy of the love and appreciation and the, uh, what was it? Uh, 
not dedication. He had a word, whatever specialness that I desire. Right. Sure. And so I, th- I think we, we could do worse than to start every day by getting up and as Martin Luther would tell us, wash our face to remember our baptism and look in the mirror and see a child of God. Like we could do worse than that. Mm-hmm. I, I guess like in that sense, like if the, if you know, that's asking us to place something on top of our ego, our self image is asking us to embrace something that's from the outside of oneself into our self image. So that is not our ego. You're, we're bringing something in. No, I think that's our, like we are all at our core children of God and image bearers of God. Like that's who we actually are. We've put all the other junk on top of it and we can't see that truth beneath it. Mm. That's how, that's how I would understand the image of God that's within us. Okay. I don't know. You know, I think that this is a, a tough, uh, maybe a tough, tough definition here to land sure. on here. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, number seven, the ego romanticizes the past and idealizes mm. the future, but rarely lives in the present. Well, that's certainly what the church does. Yeah. Yeah, the church. <laughs> yeah. I, I think yeah i think all like, yeah i mean even if you get like some upstart right that's like there's always a, a desire to look to what was to what once was yeah. and you always look back with rose-colored glasses right mm-hmm. you, you never look back at the uh early years of a marriage and remember all the fights that you had it was always everything was better then and it's yeah. terrible now right sure. yeah. um you know that we just, that's just how we look at the past and we're no different when we're in the church yeah make the church great again yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that's, this is certainly a, a rose colored glasses of the past. What about if this idealizes the future? I don't know that the church does do that. I think they do because I think that we look to the future saying it's going to be like it was in the past. I don't know. I feel like I hear okay. a lot about the apocalypse for a place that idealizes the future. <laughs> for some people, the apocalypse <laughs> is the idealized I future, guess right? Maybe, like, yeah, that's it. Bad. Like, that's, yeah. What a way to live. The, the end of this world and the coming of the reign of God is not like, like even even as a Lutheran, right? I would say like the coming of the reign of God is what we're waiting for, mm-hmm. right? I don't think it's going to look like some great battle with a beast and all this stuff that's described in Revelation, right? Like yeah. I, I don't think it's going to involve fire and brimstone and a sorting hat that tells us who what goes. To, yeah, <laughs> I'm mixing my metaphors here. <laughs> um, I, I don't like, but I do think that God's reign is going to come. And I do think that's going to be the best thing to happen to humanity. Sure. Like, yeah. Because I think when that happens, we're going to stop caring about all the things that we think we're caring, that we care yeah. about. I mean, I agree with that part. Yeah. I just, just, I don't know that practically if that like, not hmm? this like what I we just yeah. discussed but like an obsession with like the apocalypse and things are gonna get so bad that then you know sure. the world's gonna end that i don't know if that counts as idealizing the future well i, yeah. I mean for the uh, christian church you know i mean people do this regardless of church or not but mm-hmm. i think for the christian church the idealization of the future is not not worrying as much about the present because the next life will fix it all you mm-hmm. know like that's mm-hmm. going to be wherever that the poor will be fed in the next life, so do we have to really worry about that now? Yeah. 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 So, That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. so. Um, number yes. By the way, we should. Yeah, the poor. absolutely worry yeah. about yeah. it. Yeah. I'd speak of. I did pass a man passed out in a hot dog costume up under a bridge today. Passed out in a hot dog and costume. Wearing a hot dog costume, and I'm a little bit worried about him. Sure. Sure. Uh, yeah. If he's still there when you go back, maybe. Uh, don't give See him a hot dog. That seems. Ketchup. Like, yes. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> like mustard. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Mustard's the worst. Uh, you don't like any of it. So It's true. The ego seeks immediate gratification and despises anything hard or uncomfortable. Sure. Mm-hmm. 
Okay then. (laughs) (laughs) Good good talk. (laughs) I mean, yeah, again, when we do that, we're out of alignment with Jesus. Yes. Yeah. I agree. (laughs) I don't I don't know what else I'm supposed to say to that. That's yeah. All right, number nine. The ego is (laughs) sensitive and easily offended. It can be. Right? (laughs) Again. I'm offended by that. We're having a tough time with this guy's I think I think here's what it comes down to. Like whether or not you call these ego or something else, all of these are legitimate reasons that people, that Christians today don't look like Jesus. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I agree. When we're, uh, what was this last one, easily offended? Is that what the last one was? Sensitive and easily offended. Yeah. When we're sensitive and easily offended, yeah, we're not looking like Jesus. When we think it's about us winning, we're not looking like Jesus. When we think it's about us being glorified, we're not looking like Jesus. All of those things are true however else you want to come at it. And the church is guilty of a lot of these things. And we can point to those places where it happens, right? We can point, point to the places where the church throws up its hands in alarm and in fear because, you know, we don't want to have public prayer in schools or because we don't want to have the 10 commandments hanging from the city council door or what, right? Like all these places where we're just easily offended about things that Jesus did not call us to do. Mm-hmm. Like that's not what these, yeah. And so, yes, I see where these things happen all the time. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. All right. That's his uh, nine points. All right. We should look more like Jesus than we do. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. We're not going to get there by trusting in our own ability to do it. Like if if we're going to take the ego out of the equation entirely, we have to start relying on the spirit to be the, to be that which guides our everyday action. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm definitely a hundred percent with you. Uh, I think that uh, we, we've definitely, the church is failing on this. Sure. That's for sure. Yeah. And uh, and I don't think that this is a new thing. I think we've been failing at this from the beginning. Yeah. Um, from before Jesus even. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was no church. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I think like humanity has been failing at this. Like, sure. We have we have never been uh, since the fall, right? We have never been uh, living in alignment with the things that we were supposed to be living in alignment with, which yeah. is why Jesus had to come, which is why there is a church. And the church continues to fail because it continues to be made up of sinners. Hmm. Yeah. I had a pastor uh, that I worked with early on who used to say the church would be great if it weren't for all these sinners that keep showing up. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, pastor jokes. Yeah. (laughs) How do the pastor jokes versus dad jokes? Which one is? They're absolutely worse. Pastor jokes are because it's a much more niche audience. So yeah, not only is it a bad joke, but it's like a bad joke that only five people in the world get. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's definitely worse than dad jokes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. That's everything. Well, friends, uh, if you have uh, thoughts on the ego or uh, any of the other uh, of the nine points that we uh, discussed today, we'd love to hear them or send in your dad jokes or your pastor jokes. We'd love to hear those, too. You can uh, write into Beyond Sunday at podcast. Nope. Beyond Sunday podcast at Gmail dot com. And you can find this along with all of our episodes at Beyond Sunday dot com. All right. uh, I said that wrong. Beyond Sunday podcast dot com. That's the right one. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with more Beyond Sunday.